everybody welcome to another week of the soccer thread podcast uh, i'm dan schrader i'm in portland oregon we have i mean there's like a f- there's full house right the whole gang all that and then there's what we have tonight which is it's more than a full house it's something special it's a gang uh, it's is that what it's called a murder a murder of uh <laughs> of middle-aged white men is what it's called uh, that's maybe not well, great well, maybe not great i'm sorry i take it back yeah uh Matt Bergeron, thanks for joining us. You are in uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, St. Paul, St. Paul, Minnesota. Yeah, happy to be here. Welcome to the pod. Welcome back to the pod. Uh, you joined us, geez, a year ago, year and a half ago. July, I think it would have been July or yeah, I think it would have been July when I was out in, uh, in uh, visiting. Wow, uh, talking about Minnesota Aurora and. Uh, Minnesota Roar about to start their their inaugural season, so we thought we better get Burge back on the pod. We'll talk a little bit about it. Uh, so very excited for that. Thank you for jumping on, Burge. Happy, happy to be part of it. Uh, Palmer, you're in Portland. What's going on? Okay, uh, I'm. I don't want to. I don't want to. I know that we can talk for 45 minutes on French fries, but I don't want to to spend can too and much should. time. Can and, and should. Yes, I don't want to spend too much time on this. But this week. My my wife got was was victim to a scam, oh. and we spent we spent ninety minutes on a phone call, yeah, uh, with some some people that were uh, claiming to be uh, Multnomah County Sheriff uh, sheriffs, uh, giving courtesy calls to people that missed court dates. Um, Very courteous, and they had us. They had us uh, until they didn't, and. Uh, we are unscammable. So, we are unscammable. What, <laughs> what was the thing that Sounds flipped like it? Pretty scammable. Very scammable. <laughs> like, Nearly scammers listening. Our scammer uh, listenership. Uh, you know, give Palmer a call. He's there. He's there. Uh, listen, he'll talk. I just want to say that uh, if it's if it's not me talking to the police, I'm really fucking tough. And I just <laughs> I kept on telling my wife, "Say lawyer, lawyer up, lawyer up." And she, Who? you know, as soon as she said lawyer, it was over. But it took a while. I've watched the wire. I've watched the wire. <laughs> I ain't saying shit. So yeah, so we're unscammable. Unscammable. Uh, all you scammers, you can you can try, but uh, hey, Palmer's got not problems, time. but a scammer anymore. <laughs> it's it. a classic bend but don't break situation. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I like to think that we did, you know, a public service because we were on the phone for ninety you, minutes. Yeah, you scam them. You scam scam them out of ninety minutes. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's good work. Have you seen uh, in the internet? There's the like a genre of people who fuck with scammers. No, but I... Yeah, Palmer. Palmer is one of those people. But I I saw a video from one of the lead, the, like, most, whatever, I don't know if it's, like, the most views or whatever, but the the most, uh, person with the most time on their hands, let's say it that way. Uh, Mm. But they, like, built, this is people, I don't I can't remember if this was kind of scam you got uh, embroiled in, Uh, (laughs) but, yeah, I think it is, because then they're, they're trying to get you to... Oh, no, it was package thieves. That's what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, the long and short of it is that they make, uh, like, a device that the person then steals or takes back 
or he mm. thinks is the cash is in there. And instead, when they open it up, it's like a glitter bomb, and she's glitter and fart spray all over them, <laughs> and records it all because now this is on YouTube, and like there's a whole, it, it's pretty, you know. That's very good. I think I'm just all I'm saying is it would be pretty satisfying to you right now, Paul. Listen, all I all I do all I want is for those guys to call me now because I have so many good comebacks and things that I want to say to them. <laughs> You've been thinking about it this whole time. <laughs> I wish they would. I wish they would. Though. I, I, I hope that would. there's just like a list of comebacks in in a just in a desk friend. in your house, and you're like, oh, I wake hold up. on a second, let me just get my I list. Wake, I wake up in the middle of the night and, and add it to notes, you know, just <laughs> the notes app. Yeah. <laughs> It's very good. Uh, Colin's in the swamp. Oh, it's been a great weekend in the swamp. This is their first weekend of summer in, here in Massachusetts. Uh, you know, classic. I think this also happens in, in Minnesota. At least it did in Wisconsin when I grew up. But going straight from winter to summer in one weekend, uh, that definitely happened to us this weekend. And uh, spent basically spent the whole weekend at the beach, which reminded me of the great feeling of spending a lot of time outside when it's hot out. And especially at the beach, and you get kind of like dirty. There's also golfing. Definitely, this happens golfing, and you just feel tired, and kind of gross, and like you got stuff all over your body. And then you take a shower, mm. and it feels so good. Mm. Oh, mm. it feels so good. And so that first shower after being at the beach all day, and then having a cup of coffee for me. Uh, that's that's really just what I'm here for. That's that's like an old man uh, joy that I'm I'm really here for now. <laughs> So it's got me we're in a good just, mood despite We're all just thinking about it and we're like, yeah. yeah we I mean, there's nothing to say. There's I mean, just... I, I I just go into my weekend cuz Colin just segued so beautifully. Uh your boy Mike's in Minneapolis. I'm in Minneapolis, <laughs> right across the river from Birch. Hi Birch. Uh hey. And uh your boy cut down his first trees this weekend. Ooh, not by okay. not by myself. I was supervised. Uh what, but I got, you, you know. You wait, you didn't cut down trees, Mike. Come on. You you felled them. Mm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'm I'm at one on one level. We haven't learned the technology or the terminology yet. I wasn't yelling timber, no. But I was pushing trees over. I was sawing them down with the chainsaw. Uh, but then you know, <laughs> that looks <laughs> that hand the, uh, motion was a uh, yeah. It's very wristy. Yeah. That was a very wristy chainsaw. <laughs> yep, yep. It, it was. It was in my defense. It was a pretty small chainsaw. But I got I got sweaty. I got like all like scratched up and cut up. And I came Oof. home and I took that shower and it was that great. That shower, that shower just made me a new man, baby. It's amazing. Uh, we did a warm up last week where we just guessed MLS players' names, and I felt so bad that Mike wasn't here for it. God, I missed that. I was I so sad when I heard about that. Premier League pre- rosters prepared my whole life for that game. <laughs> How about Premier League? How do you feel about Premier League, Mike? You ready to go? <laughs> Much less prepared, but let's do it. The benefit of this is that it's mostly going to be old players. At least that's how it was last week. And that coincides with, you know, when I watched soccer was like 10 years ago. So uh, they are, you know, players that you've mostly heard of. So uh, they do slant towards the older. I'll give you that. Um, uh, can you can, uh, peek behind the curtain here? I don't listen to the pod. Um, <laughs> can you tell me that's, the rules <laughs> of this yeah. game? Uh, I, I tell you a player. You guess their age. I tell you how far off they were. It's like golf, and oh, uh, all right, and low score wins. Okay. Michael, Alex Oxide Chamberlain. Ooh, wow. Uh, 
That's a name. <laughs> 29. He's 28. That's pretty good. Let's go. Pretty good. Let's go. Holy shit. I would not have guessed that. Uh, Michael. Casper Schmeichel. Ooh. Uh, 33. He's 35. Okay. Trent Alexander-Arnold. Oh. 20. I know this. I know this. Five. <laughs> 25. Wrong. Palmer, what is he? 20. He's 23. Damn it. <laughs> You're f- further off from I know Mike. this. I know this. <laughs> Mike Callum Chambers. Oh, I barely know who that person is. So they must be pretty young. So I'm going to say 23. Oh, 20, under bit. 27. Damn. Uh, in your <laughs> first five, you are... Everyone's going to get more than one round of five. Jesus Christ. Uh, three and five, and you're nine off, I believe. Okay. That's not bad. That's not bad off five. It's not bad for someone who doesn't watch bad. soccer. It's not bad. <laughs> but he Palmer. reads Wikipedia. For fun, yeah. Palmer, Jack Harrison. Ooh, that's uh, MLS double. You get a, 22. Yeah. He's 25. This okay. is the player. This is the player uh, that brought me to the Premier League. This Or not, you know, brought me to the Premier League. But last, last week it was some player in MLS, and I was like, oh, I can't believe that that person's only such and such. This is the same player, but in the Premier League, Wilfred mm. Zaha. Oh, my mm. God. Um, 31. He's 29. Could not believe that he's only 29. Feels like he's been That's around wild. forever. Yeah. Young like us. Callum hudson Adoy. Oh, God. I feel like he's youngish. 23. That's pretty good. You minimized your damage there. He's 21. Wow. Oh. He is Man. young. Uh, and first round final one for Palmer, Declan Rice. God, he's also young. 22. 23. Pretty good. Oh, oh let's, let's go, Randy. Pretty good, Palmer. Pretty good. Doing the addition. Didn't get my uh, automated spreadsheet totally set up. Seven. Hey. Wow. That's, he five that's and nice got round. seven? It's a nice round. Feel good about that. Burge. Keppa. Oh. 24. 27. Christian Benteke. Oh, this oh. is... It's a Colin Smith favorite right there. 30. Good That's a guess. great guess. 31. That's a great guess. That's hard. He could have been older. That's, yeah. He did a good job there. <laughs> uh, I, I love the commentary. He could have been older. <laughs> could have been. Also could have been younger or could have been exactly the same. <laughs> Coutinho. 29. Ooh. Nailed it. That's 20 a good guess. Oh, That's a good guess. Nice. Okay. Willie Caballero. He's still in the Premier League? Still the in the league. The I forget. Cowboy. He's like yeah, third string at Southampton like or something 22. like that. <laughs> he is 40 years old. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. I think he's the oldest player on an active roster this year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, a great round, Burge. Seven off. Seven <sighs> off. Wow. Wait, are you uh, doing four people or five? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I must be just doing four. Sorry. Adjust gotcha. all of your stats. I messed up. We're just doing four at a time here. All right. Okay. That's good. No. We're all just that humans. Yeah. Yeah. Colin. Cesar Aspilicueta. 32. 
Spot on. Wow. What a start. James Ward Prowse. 29. It's 27. Okay, mm. I'll take it. That's good. Kurt Zuma. Mm. It's just like golf, like you get minus two if you're two below. Uh, he's 27. What, Palmer? I don't actually know about golf, so I probably <laughs> okay. can't answer this question. No, the par is, is too, too it, per, it doesn't matter if you're guy. above or below. Uh, Colin, Marcus Rashford. Oh, I was feeling good until that one. Um, he's still young. Uh-huh. Or 23. You undershot that. He's 24. Oh, okay. Young, though. That's young a great though. round for me, though. Yeah, four. Four for four. Uh, not bad. How many holes are on a mic? <laughs> How long do you want to go? <laughs> you didn't listen to the pod last week, so you can't tell me if 30 minutes of this is too boring. But. I have no idea. <laughs> I didn't think it was boring at all. I thought it was great content. All right. Mike likes it. Let's play. <laughs> Mike, John Stones. Uh, 25. He's 27. Oh, man. Uh, Craig Old. Dawson. Oh, Jesus. That's another person who I don't really know. So I'm going to say they're very old. 35. Or very young. Or very 32. Young. Adam Lalana. Uh, oh, my God. 30. Isn't he like the chicken farmer? Oh, no, that's uh, 33. What's his name? <laughs> Who's the chicken farmer? Mm, Joe, good job. Joe, 34. Uh, oh, Joe Allen. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, similar. Ederson. They, I, they're the same person to me. Sure, why not? Uh, 27? I don't know. He's 28. Good guess. Hey, Good guess. there we go. Uh, your aggregate after eight is 16. You're right on par. Right on par. Not great. Palmer. Danny yeah. Ings. Uh, God. I feel like he should be older than he is, so I'm going to say <laughs> 20, like 28. He's 29. Good guess. Wow. Jack Butland. I don't even know. Is that a goalkeeper? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I like how that might like influence your influence your guess. It does. Goalkeeper. Twenty four. Sure. Twenty four. Then. Uh, thirty. <clears throat> thir- give me thirty. Thirty. Nailed on thirty. He's twenty nine. That's a, a wonderful He's guess for having no idea. Context clues. Yeah. Using those context clues. Is he an assistant <laughs> manager? <laughs> Phil Jones. Uh, fuck. Uh, 31. Well done. He's 30, but that oh, could have no. gone really bad. I, was, yeah. I, I would have scored a I, lot more points on that. Yeah. Uh, Marco Alonso. I'm getting so nervous right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, the stakes, the stakes are high. So you know it's a good game. Uh, 20. No, I'm going to say. Uh, 30, 29. He's 31. Oh, God, I was thinking 31 <laughs> in my head. Uh, you're at 11. You're still doing very well. Is that right? No, what'd you say for Phil Jones? That can't be right. What'd you say for Jack Butlin? 30. What'd you say for Phil Jones? 28? I think I said 29 no. for Phil Jones. No, I said yeah. 30. You said 31. I, yeah. Yeah, 20. <clears throat> I can't remember now. Don't yeah, make me guys, guess again. Yeah, this is wow. bullshit. Jesus Christ. This is what, Dan, this is why this we is, have to get you to right, set right. your spreadsheet up. Stop. Uh, this sorry. is sloppy. Uh, stop. Very sloppy I'm from sorry, Dan. Guys, I'm sorry. 
Well, I think we just end it right here. End it right here. We I expect got better. I won this. Add an asterisk. Uh, Burge, Dwight Gale. <laughs> oh, that's a tough one because he looks like he's 12. <laughs> 26. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> It's 32. That was mean yeah, from Palmer. That the looks like he's 12. That's very mean, but also very Sorry. strategic. Just so good, good should, defense from Palmer. Cheers, take a breath. We talked about this last week. Take a breath. Just hit the, hit the next one. Yeah, exactly. You should, you should nail this. <laughs> I took a five Del- on Bobby Wood. So. Deli Ali. He's 26. Oh. He is 26. Damn, he's 26. There you go. He oh, it. actually, this is coming. This is falling for Burrs right now. Kyle Walker, you should know, too. Wow. As a Tottenham fan. Tell you all, he's 26. 30? That's wild. He's 31. <laughs> but that's not bad. Luke Shaw. Big booty, big booty Lukey. <laughs> 27? That's a good guess. He's 26. Wow. He's only 26? He's, he's that's been the emotional turmoil of a 55-year-old. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jesus. Right. He might be 26, but, like, mentally he's, like, 56. Yeah, he's actually older uh, than Jose Mourinho somehow. <laughs> uh, Colin, Ejia Nacho. Mm. I don't have to be doing this on this screen. I can move it over here and see you guys better. 28. Ooh. 25. Only 25. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mm. D- Diogo Jota? The liver, the Liverpool. Oh, I have no idea. Have Ooh, no idea. throwing the Portuguese at him. You know Colin's kryptonite. Yeah. <laughs> Do it. Twenty-eight. He's twenty-five. Ah. Oh. Wow. Shane Long. Twenty-eight felt right. <laughs> Thirty-two. Shane Long is thirty-five. Oh God, man, falling apart. murdered. Falling apart oh. for Colin. Uh, Gabriel Jesus. Mm, 28. He's only 25. Come on. Rough, rough round for the Swamp Scottian. Uh, 16 out of 8. You are tied for dead last. Yeah. Welcome to the dead last club. (laughs) All right. Uh, Lightning round of three to finish it. Mike, Davinson Sanchez. 27. Mm. He's 25. Wow. Patrick Bamford. Uh, 27. <laughs> <laughs> it's like guessing C. Just go down the list. Yeah, He's 28. That's what I did. It didn't okay, work. Okay, okay. Jack Grealish. Oh. 24. He's 26. Damn. Should have guessed 27. 27. <laughs> uh, 21 for... How many total is it? 11? You're under par. That's well done, Mike. Sure. That's well done. I'll take it. It's a good round. Palmer. Leader in the clubhouse. Barkley. Wait, what is par? I don't understand what par is, but all right. Par is two uh, per, per guy. Oh, because you, you, you zero. I got you. Uh, can I get the player again? Sorry. Could you uh, <laughs> name him in a sentence? <laughs> Everton, Everton Light Club legend, Ever, Ross Barkley. Everton legend and FA Cup penalty taker, Ross Barkley. Not a goalie. Oh. <laughs> uh, a Ross. Give me 30. He's 28. Should have oh. guessed 27. <laughs> Martin Odegaard. Oh, he's Arsenal's, young. Arsenal's third captain. Did you know yeah, that? He, wow, he's got to be. Uh, he's twenty-five. 
He's 23. Wow. Oh. That's a good guess, though. He did breakthrough when he was like 12 years old, though. Yeah, yeah but he's, he's been around young. forever now. So yeah, it's hard well. to judge. 12 plus forever is 25, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> 23, however old he is. 23. 23. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. That's why it's hard. You still think he's 25. Yeah. It's like dividing by zero. You don't know. You just don't know where it's going to land. Ilkay Gundogan. Gundogan? Gundogan. Gundogan. Uh, he's one feels, he, he feels like he's old, but I think he'll probably be 26. Oof, Palmer. He's old. You had this in the bag, and you you just, uh, I don't know. Spurs I don't know how for you. He's 31. That's a fiver uh, for you. Ouch. Ooh. And le- finishes on 21 with Mike. You, oh, that's, wow. That was rough. That's rough. Triple Let's bogey's go. the 18. Let's go, baby. Rough. Pressure's on. I felt that pressure. It's, it's, it's the, old, the old guy, young guy thing. I, you know, it is I anyone's it game right now. Uh, Burrs, you're on 15 with three to play. You're trying to beat 21. Colin, you're on 16 with three to play. You're trying to beat 21. It's not anyone's so, not game. Not so easy. Burrs, Iosi Perez. Twenty-seven. I'm just doing the math in my head. If you guess twenty-seven on all of them, if you'll win or not, <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell you the answer. He's twenty-eight. Uh, John Joe Shelby. Newcastle oh, heavy yeah. here for you to finish. John Joe's John tricky because he's, he's, he's one of those that two I think isn't names. as old as I think is. I'll say thirty. Nailed on 30. Well done. Oh, there you go. Amazing. And uh, I will again say that I randomized these. You've had some Tottenham mins here, but uh, this to round it out, Harry Kane. 27. He's 28. Oh, that's a great last round. That's Clutch. a good round. Ice water. I got to like get him all right. Two. Two for three oh, to finish off. You're on 17. Colin, you've got one. I got to get them all right. Yeah, okay. Cool. Just got to get them all right. Andrus Townsend. Everton mm. legend. Everton uh, <laughs> legend. 20. I have no idea. 29. He's 30. Mm. Aaron Lennon. More Everton, Everton legends. Legend. All these former Spurs that went to Everton. <laughs> it's very, very appropriate for the pod. Uh, 32. He's 35. Oh, wow. Tough, tough. And Granite Shaka. Oh, oh, I have no idea. Podcast favorite. Yeah. He doesn't play that much. He's got a lot of legs left in him because of all the red cards. <laughs> <laughs> they also take a beating, though. 27. 27. Oh, he's got to be he's older. 29. Which puts Forget. you on 22 for last column. Oh. Let's go, Palmer. Oh. Burge, congratulations. If Burge wasn't here, me and Palmer would have won. Yeah. <laughs> hey, it didn't have the other way. We would have missed the goal, the, uh, the entire goal. Right? Quack. I, quack. 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 I had, uh, a, I had a realization that Granit Xhaka is no longer my most hated Premier League player anymore. Ooh, who is it? It's wow. um, Is it because he's too ev- old? Everyone on You can't everyone. hate old guys? <laughs> no, that, that's, that's your least favorite, Colin. Uh, Silva. Bernardo, Bernardo Silva. Hate him. Just that. don't like him. What? Wow. wow. They they wow. were showing his face when uh, City went down to nothing, and I just thought, ooh, seeing him upset makes me feel happy. That's when <laughs> I oh my god! I had the I had the exact same thought about Pep today. I realized that my favorite Pep is sad Pep, and that's why I want them to lose. It's he's so good, sad. It's yeah. so good. 
Uh, we'll talk about Premier League later. We'll get into all of it. But first, uh, Burrs, we want to talk about Minnesota Aurora. Start at the top. You know, set the agenda. You want to save the time. Got to start with the most important thing. Prioritize. Minnesota Aurora. A half hour of... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's an icebreaker, you know? That's like just... Uh, no, just go. Just go. All right. Uh, so last time you were here, Burrs, the uh, Aurora was not named at that point. Nope. And uh, really just a, uh, you know, a veritable twinkle in the eye of just a few people uh, in the entire world. And now it's a full team with players, a kit, schedule, a coach, all of it. It's, a, it's, a stadium, it's not real. A stadium. It's a, a stadium. stadium that they play at. Uh, what has that? I mean, so you said that was like last July. So we're yeah. 10, 9, 10 months. Mm-hmm. Uh, does that seem like, I mean, is that as chaotic and whirlwind as it seems like it must be? Like, that's not a lot of time to put an entire club together. It, it's absolutely been a whirlwind and completely chaotic. Um, every other club in this league is either an offshoot of a men's professional or semi-professional team, or they are the senior team of like a, like a women's and girls like youth organization, right? So... I, I believe every other club that's going to be competing, and there's, I think they got over 40 across the country into this league, um, has infrastructure, right? Like, they, they all um, are born out of something, right? And Minnesota Aurora is born out of just some community members who decided this is what we want to do. Um, and so... You know, the nine co-founders came together and, you know, launched this club, you know, last summer. And then with the support of over 3,000 community investors um, over the course of the fall, kind of resourced something that we could, you know, um, move towards putting a, a, a club on the field. And that was just absolutely... Dan's holding up the stock certificate. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Um, but I mean, the the crazy thing about that is we went into the the community ownership offering, being like, we need one hundred fifty thousand dollars out of this process, and if we get two hundred fifty thousand dollars, we feel good that we can make this work for two seasons, and then see where we can go from there. And so when we opened the offering, and they were like, well. If you want to raise more than a million dollars, you have to do all these extra audited financial things. And we were like, why would we ever, Which right? Be all right. Yeah, we yeah. spend money we don't have on like auditors and accounting that would look at nothing because we were a piece of paper to start with. Um, and, you know, okay, so, so we'll, we'll skip that and we'll just cap our offering at a million dollars because ha, 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 that's never going to happen. Yeah. Well, then the whole concept caught on. Like, I don't think any of us ever really believed was doable. And we maxed out the subscription with then some, we raised a million dollars from over 3000 community owners. And, you know, I can tell you there was nobody who came in and dropped tons and tons, you know, like there's no like overwhelming, like big investor in that pool. It's, yeah. it's very, yeah. it's very diffuse and organic. And yet at the same time, in order to get that much money, People were putting real investments in, you know, and it was re- it's really impactful that that many people took something that was a, a meaningful contribution and put it behind a, a new concept for a women's team. That's very cool. 
What, um, you know, in the entire development, getting towards this point, obviously raising the funds is a huge part of it and very cool to see the, the community. But from the, I guess, the administrative side, what's the, what was the hardest part? What was the like, coolest thing to see come together? Like, give us some highlights, maybe lowlights uh, behind the scenes. Well, you know, it's one of those things, the, the uh, bringing in of some really talented uh, designers you know, in the in the naming and graphic process, right? So we, we solicited contributions from community owners. They gave us names. We rolled out 16 names. Um, that kind of like whittled its way down to seven and then down to three. And those three went to a design team and they put out together concepts. And we were all, and like that was all very exciting. Meanwhile, like we were trying to keep a lot of that under wraps while trying to go towards big like launch uh, events and announcements. At the same time, you know, at this point, the only asset the club has is that intellectual property, right? Mm -hmm. And so trying to, like, roll out names and do cool things and get people excited about stuff at the same time making sure that, like, you're, you know, protecting that. And, like, because that energy and enthusiasm and that brand is, is the club's value. And so I think, for me, that, that was a, a big part of it. Um, and then, frankly, hiring people. Like, we were an organization that was volunteer-run, and then it definitely grew past the point where we were able to do it all with our day jobs. And so we started hiring staff, coaching staff, um, communications and operations staff, merchandise folks, and just like working with payroll vendors and tax folks and all that kind of stuff to make all sure of that, that you're, yeah. you're doing it the right way. And, and, you know, we're doing it in a, you know, we're based out of the city of St. Paul that has... Um, you know, municipal ordinances requiring, you know, sick and safe time and minimum wages and, and, you know, so like just making sure that you're dotting your I's and crossing you, like you can't wing it, right? Like that, that, that's, I'm always the guy that, you know, my job as general counsel is to be like, wait, 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 wait. before we, before we say we can do that, let's make sure we do what we need to do. Check it, and check there's, it. There's yeah. a lot of that and, you know, means I can be the buzzkill on the, the meetings for sure. But, this is really putting uh, a damper on our, our quest to own Tranmere Rovers. I'll tell you that right <laughs> now. <laughs> well, here's the I thing. Was if you're, definitely if you're planning buying, on just doing like a briefcase full of cash. Situation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think you still can just don't bring Burge on board because he'll, yeah. he'll kill it. Yeah. Well, you, there you're buying something, right? Like, like, you know, presumably, you know. No, that was, that's how I was talking about payroll. It, right? I was talking about making oh, payroll. Oh, payroll. Yeah. <laughs> But no, so it was, it's, you know, there, there's been a, a lot of that, right? And so, um, you know, putting together, uh, you know, all the various sponsorships, you know, uh, getting the, the kits rolled out. So, like, we rolled out the naming. Then we worked with a, um, a woman who has actually done, uh, she did some of the early rounds of Ford Madison's kits. Um, mm -hmm. And one of the reasons uh, we went with um, Hummel uh, was the ability to do a custom kit and do something cool and exciting, right? Like, yep. and, and do something where they, they would do um, whatever our designers put together. And we were able to roll out what, what I think are going to be some of the most, like, just eye-catching kits in, in, in the women's game in the United States, for sure. And I would say in, in soccer in this country, I think they're some of the best out there. Burst good, and. Oh, I was just going to ask, like, what are the conversations like when you're designing? I mean, obviously, you're not designing the kits, but like when you're talking to the, the designers, are you just like, all right, here's the three names we came up with, like, 
here, you get Minnesota Aurora, like, we'll see you in six weeks or whatever, or is there more of like a back and forth between them and, and the ownership group? So one of our nine uh, co-founders um, is a graphic designer. That's kind of the skill set she brought to the table, a woman named Allie Renicky. She uh, played soccer for the University of Minnesota um, for four years. And so she's uh, kind of led that because it's her kind of professional set. We hired two other uh, graphic designers in kind of the, the branding and naming process, and they all kind of worked collaboratively with each other and but kind of took leads on different designs and, and rolled out the three names for the for the final voting. Um, and then when Aurora kicked off, Allie kind of transitioned into working with um, our kit designer on kind of like, hey, these are the, the colors we're bringing to the table. Obviously, I think, you know, the, uh, the uh, name Minnesota Aurora kind of uh, evokes certain design styles, the Northern Lights, the images, right? And so like really kind of like leaning into that in a way. Um, but then, you know, I think one of the other things was like these kits were designed to be worn by women. So you start doing mock-ups and you, you start putting them on people and seeing how does that, how does it fit? How does it look? Where are the logos and things placed appropriately? Because, you know, you're, you're not designing, um, you know, for maybe the way most kids would just be mass produced, right? You're designing for it to look right on a team of women. And so there was an intentionality that I think was brought in by, by having some of these folks involved that has led to, you know, some really great results. They're very popular and you know, the, the team is excited about them. I, can I ask a question about the team? Like you, you mentioned uh, that a lot of the, the league or the teams within the league, um, kind of already had a pre-cooked um, pool where they were either part of a, of a um, youth club le- uh, league that they were just kind of feeding their players into uh, or they were attached to the, the men's league or the men's team, uh, professional team um, in that city. Uh, how did you find your player pool? Like where are the players coming from? Um, who are they? Uh, what did you do to kind of drum up uh, media and interest to, to get players out there? So I, I think while a lot of the other clubs had a lot of that like back-end business infrastructure in it, my understanding is clubs in a pre-professional level generally have to reassemble their roster most years, right? Now there's, there's holdover players. There's people who are coming for multiple summers during their collegiate career. There are folks that are playing for a, a, you know, a handful of years after. And so you have some consistency in that. Um, but I think, you know, for even for some of the, the women's teams that were launched out of like men's professional teams, like that was a brand new roster for them, but like they had like a payroll department and a general manager already squared away, right? Like, so there, there were some of those things there. Right. So like when Indy 11 launched it, its roster, like it, it had some infrastructure. But my understanding is that they they didn't have a roster beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to some extent, I think, you know, um, it was it was kind of a, an interesting project. And I'll be the, the first to admit that um, that is not my bucket of expertise. Right. Like I'm, I'm not the guy that's in. I've got nothing to do with the scouting department. I'm not talking to players to bring them in. That That's not part of it. But we went through kind of a, a, a very intentional search for a coaching staff, um, and we're able to bring in um, 
three uh, a head coach and two assistant coaches that were you know um, phenomenally talented and had lots of relationships at the at the collegiate and club level um, and not just in the Twin Cities and then we kind of like you know turned them loose and and I'm did you, you know, I mean, I don't know exactly where this lined up in your coaching search, but at some point, Marcelo Bielsa became available. Did you consider? Did you call him? Well, Was he on the table? Did he call Can I you? Get his number? Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Um, you know, we talked to him. We didn't have the right size bucket, so it was hard for him to. Uh, <laughs> That's uh, yeah, that makes you know, sense. Make that yeah. work. So, uh, you know, um, but. Uh, uh, so as, as they started to put together this this roster, it's really interesting because we've got, um, you know, a number of like local women from the Twin Cities, a number of women who played their collegiate soccer in Minnesota, and then some folks um, from, frankly, all over the country and internationally, right? And so we've uh, brought in, and it and it's everything from, um, you know, uh, I know of of one woman who's been out of college for a couple of years, had a, had a big 10 career, uh, is at the U of M dental school and was like still playing and looking for like a high end summer thing. And, and she like, you know, the, the coaching staff was thought she would be a, a kind of a, a very, um, good fit there. And we have a 16 year old goalkeeper, um, on the roster and she's, um, committed to Montana, uh, Palmer, uh, and go, um, and is a is a very talented uh, prospect coming up, you know, and so that's exciting because, um, you know, uh, the other thing was is we, you know, our first signing was Sarah Fuller, who you guys may have seen kicking uh, extra points and field goals for Vanderbilt, became mm-hmm. the first woman to score a point in a Power Five uh, conference in NCAA football, and uh, so it's it's a really cool blend. Um, you know, and I believe there's one woman on the roster who's uh, been a, uh, I believe she's a South Korean youth international. And so, like, there's, there's like, a lot of enthusiasm um, about this roster. But, you know, the that's one of the crazy things is, is, like, no idea, right? Like, I'm not at training sessions. I've, I've, I have no idea. And I don't know what any of the other, like, it's a brand new league, right? It's like, I, you know, we haven't seen other people play multiple seasons we don't know what their rosters look like or their strengths or their styles so so if most of the rosters you know if it's like a lot of uh amateur some like high level but pre-professional as you say Mm -hmm. um a lot of rebuilding every year what does that mean for the expectations the realistic expectations for what the, the season looks like because it must be hard to build year to year to try to put something together to challenge for the league championship. And so if the, you, you just can't kind of guarantee or expect that the product on the field is going to be at the top of the league every year, I would assume. So what does that mean about what the product is that you're really trying to develop or to deliver rather? Well, I, I think part of it is, so my understanding and how similar pre-professional clubs on the men's side have worked is as you've had younger players, who have been a part of the team, um, Early in their careers, they may not have played a lot, but they practiced and trained, and they've gotten minutes. But then they, you, you know, you're helping develop them as well, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think for for us, one of the opportun- or one of the kind of the foundational, you know, goals of Minnesota Aurora was to give an absolutely high end playing experience, 
one that was very respectful, frankly, were catching these women after their academic year and before their collegiate preseason, right? So you, you want to give them a very good summer experience, but you want to be respectful of the fact that they're also then going into a collegiate season. So like you don't mm-hmm. want, you, know, you don't want to um, overplay anybody. You want to make sure that you're taking care of them. You know, bringing in uh, high quality training and um, like athletic training and medical staff was really important for us. You know, uh, making sure that we could provide these uh, elite you know facility opportunities. Frankly, part of that is our attempt to recruit talent. Like if, if this is the coolest place you can go play, that's how we put a, an elite product on the yeah. field. The other thing is, is the fan environment. I mean, like it's a stadium that seats 5,500 and I don't like most of these women are definitely not playing in front of that many people week in, week out in most other experiences. And if you've got the opportunity to play in front of three, four, five thousand people who are just going nuts in Aurora gear and you get to do that six times a summer. Again, that's how we're trying to like build an experience that that says, you know, players from all over the place are going to say, "I want to go play my summer ball in Minnesota because that looks wild." So yeah, so flip that. So how are you? Uh, it, if you talk about the fan experience, then right? If the fans can't get behind, oh, this is my favorite player, and they've been playing for Aurora for you know, I would say like you know, the the Diego Valeri of of whatever pre professional <laughs> women's soccer who's been around and and everyone in Portland just freaking worships like you're not, you're never going to have that. So uh, how do you get people to get a, you know, some continuity there where they feel like they're, there's something to support. That's even though the faces on the field will be changing every, all the time. You're setting me up to throw some shade right now, Colin, because <laughs> um, I've asked that question as being a Minnesota United fan for about five years now, because it seems like, Every year, two-thirds of the roster flips over, and there's never that guy that I'm like, that's my guy, you know. So, um, but I, I think part of it is that sense of community, right? Like, they're about the colors and the logo and the sense of, um, you know, it, it being a, you know, a, a safe place for families and kids and a diverse crowd to come and be really, you know, enthusiastic uh, supporters of whichever 11 women are on the field at that moment, Right. And, and I think that's where it's come not out of necessarily, um, you know, the project isn't necessarily built out of just, like, soccer fandom or, the, or that kind of, like, conventional sports fandom. But it's, it's built out of that sense of, of doing this together and bringing people um, behind a, a project that feels more uh, organic. And so I, I think to some extent, you know, if it's a good, affordable exciting uh atmosphere um you know the i think our fans are gonna be excited to learn about who's on the roster this year and where do they come from and what are their chances and then you know the cool thing about it is you watch them for 12 matches in the summertime and then where do they go back to if they still playing collegiate soccer well i mean i i think if the w league is really successful it will help the ncaa women's game a ton too, because now they'll be like, oh yeah, remember so-and-so, she played for Aurora last summer, she plays for Michigan State and is coming to play the Gophers, let's go check them out, right? Like, there's that, you know, like, I think there's that opportunity, too, um, and I, you know, I'm, I'm really excited about what, what this league could do in that respect. I'm looking I mean, at the yeah, roster, too, that, and... That, but to, to Burge's point, like, that's an understanding of what 
this league is, is not that these women are going to stay for an entire time. They're going to build their career starting in Minnesota. And it's fun to be able to be like, oh, I saw so-and-so. I saw this 16-year-old goalkeeper uh, that now plays at University of Montana and then is eventually playing in you know, Charlotte or, or whatever. Right. Um, but not only that, she's, I think if I found the right person on the roster, she's from Edina. Right. So part of this also is that it's the local kids that they're, you know, you're seeing in the local newspapers and now they're playing at some high level. And I, I mean, I can imagine the sense of community around that is really a driving factor. Yeah. I mean, I mean, listen, I grew up in Helena, Montana where there were no professional sports, right? I mean, St. Paul, Minnesota is, is different, right? They have professional sports. We we had, we had a minor league baseball team that was uh, associated with the Milwaukee Brewers stand up Colin. Uh, Yeah. And they still talk about, oh, Gary Sheffield played here. Cecil mm-hmm. Fielder hit home runs over the Civic Center Arena, like whatever, right? <laughs> they still talk about it, right? So this is their – that's their 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 chance here to kind of uh, – you know, it's it's the beginning of, of a, a legendary career. So you don't necessarily have to stay there forever for them to kind of um, create an, an atmosphere. I think that's exactly right because – in the United States, anyways, the, the majority of um, professional women's players do come through NCAA to, to some point. They, they spend some time playing high-end collegiate soccer, right? And so if the W League becomes the place where those women are playing their summer games on these stages, you know, in front of these crowds, then it's, it's entirely possible that the next, you know, Megan Rapinoe's a 19-year-old sophomore at somewhere that's, you know, playing summer for somebody, right? And so, uh, I mean, University of Portland is that somewhere, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, so it's, it's exactly that kind of thing. And I think, you know, one of the things uh, Minnesota Aurora is trying to do is put together an environment, um, both training, coaching, and, like, that game day experience that draws – the women of that caliber to be like, yeah, I'm going to go do my summertime there. Cause it's going to be the closest I'm going to get to, you know, my, you know, professional experience I'm aspiring to. Right. So I've got two questions. The first, what does, uh, an athlete's week look like as part of this team? And second, what does game day look like for a fan? You roll in, I assume you park at the parking lot. What should, what should they expect? Well, JJ's fish and chicken. <laughs> you're, you're, uh, you know, I'll, I'll do my best uh, to answer that. Seeing as how, again, my job is, you know, yeah, doing, I understand. doing the yeah, least yeah, for course. the player housing, not how for, much is the purple you know, can at the stadium. Oh, okay, <laughs> but, well, that's something. Okay, there's player housing that the team is involved in. Like so, that's interesting. So, to so me. yeah, there, there's an opportunity. You know, we've we've helped players um, who are coming from out of town, and there's some host families. There's some housing. There, there's things like that. It, part of it is is it's really interesting is. And I'm not an expert in this, um, but the league has compliance staff working under some of the new NCAA rules, right? And so it's like, what, what, you know, how you put all those things uh, together, and what things are, you know, are able to be organized, and what things are not. Interesting, um, yeah. yeah. And so there's there's a lot going on uh, there, but you know, they're they're training every day, generally. Uh, first thing in the morning, they've got both either some kind of fitness and conditioning. Uh, work as well as on the field work. Um, players reported started uh, training uh, this past Monday, 
um, and are kind of trickling in, frankly, as they finish up finals and commencement mm-hmm. and whatever they've got you know, going on a little bit. So it's kind of interesting. They've been adding players as the, as the week has progressed. That's wild. Um, and, you know, as far as the game day experience, you know, it's, you know, we're, we're playing at Twin Cities Orthopedic Stadium. It is a uh, 5,500 seat uh, venue in Egan that is affiliated with the Minnesota Vikings headquarters. So it is like the stadium in their practice uh, facility. Um, you know, I think it was uh, designed when they started bringing, when they brought training camp from the University of Mankato up into the Twin Cities. The stadium was built with an effort to put, you know, fans in for some of those inter-squad scrimmages and, and things like that. Um, but it's a it's a fantastic facility. Our players get access to the training facilities built in there. I mean, it's it's a really a, a great opportunity. And you know, so I think on uh, um, on game day, yeah, it, it we're you know you, you pull in or we're running um, you know some shuttles because. You know, the, the one kind of downside is, is we are in a suburban community that's not transit accessible. And so we're, we're mm-hmm. making, uh, intel, you know, like we're making investments as a club in, in transportation options for, for individuals so the, so the game stays accessible. Um, you know, we priced them to be accessible to, to as many families as possible. And, um, I mean, I think there's, it's just going to be a, a lot of, you know, energy. One of the things we wanted is we wanted a venue that felt full, and we had no idea how many tickets we'd actually sell. But we wanted something that felt like we could at least get a critical mass in. You know, like you mm-hmm. don't want to mm-hmm. put, you know, eighteen hundred people in a place for twelve thousand, right? Like that, you know. And so, um, Burrs, I believe you know, we've played football games together in the Metrodome. I feel like I, I know what that feels like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, we didn't want it to be like an Oakland A's game, right? So like. We we were we were going for you know like a, a, a an environment and I think this is going to be really great. I mean, the the home opener is on uh, the twenty sixth, um, and we're pushing real hard to to sell it out. And I think that'd be awesome. I think that would be completely. I mean, frankly, I mean I I guess I don't know what some of the other teams are, are doing. What I've seen from opening matches so far, it, there's enthusiastic you know, fans, but maybe not a, a crowd like that. Like, I'm, you know, I think if we sell out the stadium, that's the, you know, quote, minor league, and quote, equivalent of what L.A. just did. I mean, it's like a wow, there's some energy behind women's sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's very cool. Uh, what else do you guys have for Bruce? How can we watch? There, if we're not in Egan, how can we watch? So uh, there are um, going to be multiple options. Uh, to stream all of the matches live. Um, the league has a deal with uh, 11 sports, and then um, in the coming week, uh, the club will be announcing another opportunity as well. Ooh. Ooh. Teaser. Teaser. You just have to review the contract, it sounds like. Oh, wow. <laughs> they got to buy Twitter first, then it's going to be Twitter live. <laughs> right. But so, no, you, you'll be able to... to stream um all of our home matches uh that way and then you know the the league um kind of the the broadcasting and streaming of it is uh kind of organized by the home clubs so it's a it's not a uh you know kind of league-wide universal package like 
you might think of in the NHL or the NBA or something like that. But um, at a minimum, everything is available uh, recorded after. But I think most clubs are going straight to a, at least a live stream. And for uh, fans that are remote, I mean, watching, obviously good. But how else can we support? Buy gear, right? Like, I mean, this is mm-hmm. this is a uh, you know we're 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 working hard. Um, there are a lot of there are a lot of startup costs, right? And so we're we're working to find paths towards you know um, breaking even and and, and going forward. Um, and it, it's nice that that community investment really gave us an opportunity to 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 do it right on the front end and not be you know super cautious. Um, but it's it's um, merch it, because here's the thing not only does buying it give us some money when you do that but the demand for it people wearing it like the the sponsorships like the, those numbers drive those values right and that's how you yeah. can support yep. it right we're able to get more for you know the the endorsements on the uh, field based on the stream numbers the endorsements on the jersey you know, like, like those things matter because those are the things that allow us to do things like provide transportation at no cost to fans because we're in the suburbs right so like it's it's a um that's one of the things about being structured as a a public benefit corporation is we can we can take some of those investments and those resources and and put them behind the values of the club not just you know the bottom line uh i was gonna make fun of you for sounding a lot like a suit there but you saved it by uh, bringing it back to yeah. <laughs> that's fine that's fine so it's gotta be <laughs> who i is, am who the is suit the... for this entire yeah. like i'm like i'm the one who was the official french fry partner of the minnesota aurora and why is it not <laughs> great <us>? question <laughs> hey i will gladly talk to you guys offline about a uh, soccer thread podcast sponsorship Ooh. arrangement you Ooh. guys just need to it... will the club fly these three guys out to my house so we can pod before a game, go to a game, and then pod after a game. I, I, I can't, I can't match that script cannot club offer you all, guys. Uh, you cannot yeah. afford the French fries you'll eat. Any deals you, you talk about have to be cleared by my wife first. So I think <laughs> the ultimate legal I don't think department. There, there doesn't even need to be anything in it for us. Like, I just want to sign a contract. It can have, like, nothing. It can have actually yeah. nothing in it. Like, let's just sign something. Talk says, to my lawyer, please. Yeah, exactly. I need a lawyer present. Jill is the I need one a lawyer present. The, the one suit of the Soccer Thread podcast. <laughs> That's excellent. Yeah, no, we're we're incredibly excited. Um, it's wild to think that we're less than two weeks away from the home opener. Um, it's both thrilling and terrifying in equal measure, frankly. Um, but... Uh, you know, everything has um, has come together well. The the community has been both very enthusiastic and, you know, patient um, and understanding that, you know, this is not a, a corporate club in, in many respects. And, you know, there, I'm sure there will be, you know, game day growing pains and those kinds of things. But I, I think it's going to be really good. And, you know, hopefully... Uh, Hopefully we put a good squad on the field, and and uh, you know I know um, the coaching staff is all about a, a very um, front foot attacking, free flowing kind of play. That's all I know, but that's what I do know. And so I th- hopefully they put together. You know, like, I'm excited for for the way these women are going to be able to to play on the pitch too. Hey, uh, 
real talk, congratulations, man. Like, yeah. honestly, yeah, very cool. here at the Soccer Thread Podcast, we do a lot of talking. We talk a lot of shit. We talk a lot. got a lot of great ideas. We're a lot of idea men. But uh, a way better than that is to be somebody who actually does some shit. And it's very, very cool. Uh, and congratulations. You deserve a lot of credit for actually doing some shit instead of just talking about it. So, yep. Well, thank you, and uh, I, I do think while the, well, I may not be able to, to wrangle the dollars to fly you out here. I uh, <laughs> promise to personally uh, uh, host if you're able to, you know, maybe we coordinate a, a, a thread trip because I would definitely love to um, bring you all uh, to a match and, and show you. Show we, you what we've been working well, on. Well, we appreciate that. Please just send us each one Heineken insulated in French fries. <laughs> Insulated <laughs> in the box with French fries. That's what we require. We'll have our people talk to your people. We'll, uh, uh, that's excellent. May 26, 7 p.m. That is a Thursday. Uh, if you are not in the Twin Cities, you should be streaming this. If you are yeah. in the Twin Cities, get your ass to the Let's game. Go. Come Let's on. go. Do it. Do it. Amazing stuff, Burge. Thanks for jumping on with us. Thank uh, you. So exciting. So exciting. Uh, this week in other... Is there other soccer news? Does Talk anyone care about soccer. anything else? Not particularly. No, my dinner's uh, waiting, dog. My dinner is waiting. <laughs> Palmer literally doesn't care about anything else. He's good. <laughs> uh, Palmer, if you got a drop, that's cool. Sorry, you know, I did you okay. dirty with all that. I did you dirty I'm gonna with drop, French I'm going to drop out there. I'm He's hungry. dropping. You started yourself right. with the JJ's talk. Listen, I'm, I am foaming at the mouth right now. I don't even have JJ's. <laughs> it's, it's fake fried chicken, but it's still good. <laughs> uh, are other people sticking around? Are we going to do, do a quick talking? Do we? I mean, how quick we can do this? Like, what? What do you we want? Can, from we here? can be quick. Let's be quick. We, all right, let's do Premier League because we got Burjan. He's a Tottenham boy. Palmer's hungry. Tottenham closing in on fourth. A couple of weeks ago, I said, ah, "I don't like your schedule. It doesn't look good for you. I don't think you're going to be in position." Boy, what did uh, I say? If I cared, if I cared, I would feel embarrassed. You guys are looking good in Tottenham. Pretty pretty close to fourth place. Just, I mean, listen, all we need is uh, Crystal Palace to, to give Arsenal a game tomorrow, and, and uh, it's on. It's on. Burge, you're looking at me like I'm crazy. What do you... We, I need, think we need Arsenal to drop points. Yeah, yeah don't they need. have Newcastle and Everton to finish? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they have Palace. I thought they had Palace. No, they're playing Newcastle tomorrow. That's okay. Oh, well, yeah. whatever. Doesn't matter. Who has Palace? He's too hungry. Everton has Palace. Everton has Palace. 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 Ever, ever, yeah. But no, I, I mean, it's... Uh, I, was, I was definitely live streaming the, the Arsenal match uh, the other day while in the office. Um, and, you know, trying not to yell or throw things mm-hmm. or, you know, be too exuberant um during that um meanwhile i was getting uh just salty messages from uh ben pearson friend of the pod uh throughout the entirety of that uh that match but um that was that was a fun one um this morning was much uglier but the result that they needed so um try not to be you know too enthusiastic because you know Arsenal still holds their their fate in their own hands if they win out. So never hope, never hope. We'll see. the The biggest thing is, is you know, I was I was wondering today when 
when uh, Spurs got a penalty. I mean, like, you need the point, you give it to Kane, right, of course. But uh, if Son had taken that, he'd have tied Salah for uh, the golden boot. Uh, he's only one mm. back of Mo Salah, which I Salah's feel like hurt. I looked at that list like six weeks ago and Salah was like five goals ahead of everybody. But, um, you know, that was that's fun to see too. Hat-trick for Son against Norwich on the final day puts us through to the Champions League. Let's go. It's written. So Arsenal. it is written, so it shall be done. <laughs> Arsenal on the final day against Everton. Everton might have quite a bit to play for, so... I there love could it. Be, could be some drama at I, both ends of the table. I hate to say this, Colin, because I know how much it pains you, but really needed Brentford to get a result today so that Arsenal or <laughs> Everton had something to play for. Yeah, that is oof. Oh, that's tough. That's, that's rude. Rude. First, I'm sorry. It's really kicking a man while he's down. And that was. I'm hungry. Really I'm hungry, but I'm get off I'm, this I'm podcast. <laughs> The question is, is Everton going to have 11 dudes to take the pitch? I mean, I don't know what injuries and suspensions, like, they're going to have. I mean, we know Colin's fit. He's been running marathons. Get him on a 10-day contract. (laughs) (laughs) My hamstrings can't last 30 seconds on the soccer field. But. Uh, At the top of the table, Manchester City. Uh, draw today with West Ham, unable to close out or, you know, be within the very, very thinnest of margins. Uh, is the title race still on, Mike? No. Do you, are you still excited or is this no. title a formality race is, still? Title race is over. I mean, wow. the, you know, it, it would have been on if City had lost today. Uh, but they are four points up. Uh, Liverpool does have a game in hand, but basically Liverpool has to win their last two games and City has to lose at or not win at home against Villa. And that just feels not likely to happen. So not on for me. City spends 100 to take uh, Grealish from Villa and then Villa deny them the title on the final day. (laughs) That would be beautiful. Oh, man, that's magic. That's that'd be incredible. The issue was is that when we were talking about this a couple weeks ago is that we said that uh, one team basically had to be perfect for for the, to change the the title race right both teams drew so it's kind of in the same position it was a couple weeks ago but the the issue that's going against Liverpool is time right so I've uh, I've kind of a, a philosophical question about scheduling for you guys. So City and Liverpool, they've been 1-2 for a while. Uh, I think most, most gamblers would have said they are the two favorites this year. Should the Premier League just say, all right, we know these teams are the two favorites. Let's have them play each other on the last day of the season. Mm. It's, like, I think, it's like, the, like the NFL, like you have to play a division game. On the last uh, week. Yeah, that the didn't always be the case. Yeah. Yeah, that didn't. Yeah, but I just feel like for me, I mean, yeah, there's going to be some times where you have a – a dead rubber at the end of the season against with your two best teams. But the other times it's going to be really fucking fun. Yeah. I mean, right now yeah. it's like who they have Liverpool has like Wolves scheduled. Like that was never going to be anything. It's not like you played them against Everton the last week of the season or United, like some kind of rivalry matchup anyway. No, I agree. And it feels like uh, in other leagues, obviously we were just talking about in the NFL, but in other like um, NBA Christmas, they 
all the Christmas games are they try to schedule like all the good games because it's a whatever premier weekend. Uh, but it doesn't feel like the Premier League ever does that. Opening and weekend isn't like that. Last weekend isn't like that. Or like, or or they Boxing do, Day isn't like that. Or they could do something like uh, I forget which league does this, but I, isn't there some league where they kind of schedule out the beginning of the season and then like towards the end they they kind of like put teams together to create drama. I would be totally fine if they like schedule the first half of the season and then at Christmas time they're like, all right, now here's the second half and we're creating some drama with that. Uh, I just take the, you could take the table from the year before and know that the season ended with one and two, three playing four. And then yeah, that's what I'm saying. The bot, you'd have drama at the bottom too because you'd have the the promoted teams and the guys that just escaped would be playing against each other. It would give yeah. you a chance for. It, you know, relegation six pointers on. Uh, it just feels like I mean, any, day. any way you do it, there's going to be games that are lopsided because like most teams have nothing to play for in the last week, so that's not good. Like, what's the point of City having to go to or City playing Villa when Villa? It's going to suck. Like, you have to suffer when you're playing these big teams, and then you're like, well, why should I suffer? Because nothing happens if we win. Maybe. Maybe we get one spot up higher in the table and we get a little bit more money, but it's like, I don't know. It's, but I mean, I, I agree. I agree with all that. Your idea is good, uh, but at the same time, City's the greatest goal ever. Maybe the my favorite goal in Premier League history. Uh, City against a QPR team. QPR, nothing yeah. to play for. Yeah, who were they? But just imagine if that was against you know Chelsea or something like that. Yeah, Would have been no, even better. I think it should be all der- derbies, whatever you want to say, all crosstown rivalry games, yeah. all, all rivalry games the last week of the season. Just sorry, City, you play United every every last week, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> Colin, Colin wants to play Everton, or Colin wants to play Liverpool on the final yeah, day. We better be safe by the last game. <laughs> yep. yep, we got thirty-seven games to be safe. Uh, at the bottom of the table, Everton. All of a sudden, well, I guess they lost this weekend, yeah, but come up with some results. Uh, they were not looking very healthy a couple of weeks ago. Come up with some results. Now looking mm, close. I mean, of the Everton leads Burnley, you like Everton the best at this point, which we weren't saying a few weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, a ridiculous like, uh, run there where we played five games against you know, United, Leicester, Liverpool, Chelsea, Leicester. You could have told me before you're going to get zero points out of that, and I would have been like, yeah, maybe that sounds good. Maybe we'll get one. And we got, uh, what? Ten, I think. Yeah, ten. Out of, uh, ten out of those Amazing. five games. So that's two per game. That's winning the league type or, you know, whatever, top three type points per game. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, could not have predicted it. Did not deserve it in many of those games, uh, but we'll fucking take it. In a good position now. I don't expect us to get another point the rest of the season, uh, but I think that you know that might do it anyway. I feel like we're slightly better than fifty-fifty to stay up now. Do you? What is your preferred pose for the Frank Lampard statue outside of Goodison? Yeah, mm. <laughs> eating French fries. Yeah, <laughs> it has to be French fries. It has to be. just both hands full of French fries. <laughs> <laughs> Burnley were on a, a hot streak. They've lost two in a row. Uh, Leeds find a point to get themselves up into 17th today uh, against Brighton and Hove Albion. 
So it's, uh, man, I mean, we've been saying it now for weeks, but every single spot, it's still uh, still to play for. So it's yeah, very it's exciting. Well, that was that a last wild stoppage great. time goal for Leeds to get that point, yeah, too. Yeah. I mean, like, that, that was one of those, like, if they find a way to stay up, that will be one of those, like, moments that hang on for fans for decades, yeah. right? Like, that'll be the moment. Because that, that's stop, stoppage time goals to save a season, if that's the Ooh. way we're to play out, is unbelievable. Good stuff. Yeah. It'll be a moment until they go down next season. <laughs> Palmer, you loved this FA Cup final. Tell me about it. Are we still talking? Like, are you doing this on purpose? <laughs> yes, yes, I am. Yes, I am. That game sucked. Liverpool win on penalties. There you it go. Did suck. They should have brought in Kepa. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only complaint. Are you doing this on purpose? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> I think we're done here. I think, I think we so. are done here. Thanks, Cliff. Thanks, Cliff. First, thanks for joining. Thanks, thanks for having you. Cliff is my North Star. Oh shit! I was setting up. I was setting up a. I'm hitting record. I've been recording. Beaverton butter scooters. Beaverton butter better 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 better. Yep, get it out. Mama, mama made me mash my M and M's. Mama, 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 mama. Bean and cheese and rice. Bean and cheese and rice burrito. Peking duck. It's all the hits.